Hello and welcome to the Santa Clarita Valley Signal News Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Bender. Appreciate your listening. Every week we take a look at the stories making news in the 661. Head over to Twitter at SCV Signal. Sign up for notifications so you never miss a story happening in our neighborhood. I'm hanging out this week with Managing Editor Perry Smith, who's also in charge of the Sunday Signal. One of the big stories this week, in addition to L.A. counties moving into the least restrictive, safer-at-home yellow tier, and businesses are able to increase capacity, is crime in the SCV is down. Depending on who you ask, um, the numbers are, are you know, uh, flexible, I guess, or based on a matter <laughs> of perspective. Um, when, when I reported the month-over-month month increase of 40%, which is by far the largest and most dramatic month-to-month increase we've seen in quite some time, um, I understandably, as, a, as expected, got a little bit of a reaction from the city and the sheriffs who asked me uh, to, you know, kind of look at it in the broader context and report a little bit about the quarter numbers, um, which kind of indicate if you look over a three month period, which is how they calculate the crime rate, uh, crime is up 7%. Um, but so you, you consider that and then you consider what we're reporting, which is the fact that crime was down in January from the previous month, crime was down in February from the previous month, and then crime was up so much in March uh, in reported cases that it reversed the trend of downward numbers for the quarter and bumped up the number six or 7%. So that's uh, pretty significant. We wanted people to be aware of, not necessarily that Santa Clarita is an unsafe community, but when you're changing your routine like we have for reopening and you're leaving your home empty and people are going out to businesses where you can be vulnerable and parking in community lots. Um, all of these factors contribute to crime and a, and a big rise in crime. Are uh, those the types of crimes we're talking about? Thefts, and that's 100%, burglaries? Yeah. 100% of the time you're talking most of it's vehicle burglaries, vehicle thefts. They had mentioned that um, there was a very large and very significant uh, block of uh, these catalytic converter thefts, which are actually considered a part one crime, um, you know, and it, and it costs people hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So it is considered a grand theft uh, to fix these problems. Uh, but yeah, we had dozens and dozens of those all in one stretch, and that's going to bump you up your crime rate because it's a part one crime, and that's what they calculate. So it's not necessarily that Santa Clarita is any less safe. It's just that people have to be much more mindful and, uh, you know, be very aware of their surroundings, especially when they're changing their patterns, they're changing their routines, uh, they're going back out into the public and they haven't gone out for a year. Um, you're going to forget some stuff. And, and the, the sheriff was just very much like we want people to uh, be more cognizant, be more aware. That's, that's a lot of their public outreach and their campaigns. I mean, to be honest, there's not much they can do after your stuff's been stolen unless they happen to be, you know, right there. You happen to catch somebody, you know. Yeah, either that or everywhere a, lot, at once. a lot of it's times just, they'll finally find the ring. Yeah. You know, the, the, the ringleader and next thing you know, they, they look through the garage and they've got to put pictures up like, hey, is this your stuff? Because we found about 3000 items, you know, right. something like that. Right. And, and a lot of that comes from community help. And that's what the message they want to get out there is that, you know, they can't be everywhere at once. But, you know, you say something and then who knows what break that's going to lead to when you catch something. So that's a big part of it, too. It's just, you know, kind of reminding people. Uh, but the, but the numbers, the numbers weren't great. But I am hearing that in April they went back down again. And so once we have the formal um, official report from the sheriff's transparency promise, we're going to we're going to put out that story, too. And it's going to indicate that the numbers are a lot lower. Speaking of crimes and speaking of the sheriff's department, you've got a bank robbery. The response to that bank robbery has now led to a lawsuit. What's happening? Yeah. So this one was kind of one of those um, just unusual stories where you have um, one of the 
this personal injury law firm, which actually has a billboard, a giant billboard that overlooks the sheriff's station. <laughs> of course. This lawyer was across the street from his office at the mall, uh, which is, you know, down the street from City Hall and down the street from the sheriff's station. So right in there, um, he's coming out. And on January 6, 2020, there was a bank robbery of that of a Chase Bank that was literally right next to his offices mm -hmm. in City Hall, this location I'm talking about, across the street from the mall. So Greg Owen gets into his car. Uh, it's, it's a 750 IL BMW. It's a nice car. And deputies are, you know, searching for their suspect. And I, I guess it, there's... It's debatable on how much he matches them because I don't have a picture of Forest Row to compare. Um, but, but the basic descriptions, you know, a white guy about six feet tall, 180 to 200 pounds, I'm sure. He fit it. He was right there. Um, they pulled him out of the car. They performed a traffic stop on him. He thought he, he, you know, was saying, I'm a lawyer. I know my rights. You can't search my stuff. And, you know, deputies in an emergent response to a bank robbery are not generally the, the at the best time and place to have a legal discussion over your custody rights. And right. Right. And they're to engage in a, uh, you know, an argument right there. They're going to do their search and then sort it out. It's, it's been my experience, right or wrong. Uh, so, you know, he was upset about that and, you know, engaging with them. And then he was put in the back of the car and then they brought him out, and let him go. And he was asking for names and he didn't get them. And so that was January 2020. In February of this year, he filed a lawsuit um, seeking damages and uh, claiming distress and injury from that experience. So it's not often you have a very prominent attorney who, you know, uh, in, in the personal injury firm come after the sheriff station like that. Um, we thought that was a unique case that we're going to be following. Also this week, uh, Heart High has come out and said, hey, we're blended for the rest of the year. I know a lot of you parents want kids to be coming back full time as things reopen, but we're just not going to do that. What's been the type of reaction that the, the signal has been able to hear, whether it's administrators or parents or both? I think everybody, including administrators, well, not, I shouldn't say everybody, obviously, but a lot of teachers and, and most administrators and most parents, from my experience, want kids back in the classroom and get that normal experience. Uh, but I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, logistical challenges. And, and even for the parents who want their kids back, there's a lot of, you know, okay, you have to adjust your carpool, you have to adjust your hours, sometimes you even have to adjust your work schedule uh, to accommodate you know, when your children have such a drastic change like that. So I, I imagine that was part of the consideration, as well as the teachers unions do have to um, renegotiate their hours, renegotiate their situation. We've been operating under emergency COVID conditions. Um, so there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle that need to be in place for them to do that. And that's why I think the district is a little more confident committing to fall. And, and, and it makes it makes sense. I mean, you're always going to have some people disappointed, but I think most kind of understood that such a drastic change would be really hard to implement in, in such a small window. Yeah, I mean, our our daughters have been invited to apply for positions at their school to go back in person, and we've we've just decided not to let that happen for a couple of reasons. First off, they're in such a good routine at home. Right. Uh, there, we we have the ability to stay home with them. So right. there's there's that that I know a lot of parents don't have that flexibility or luxury or or privilege really. Right. right. The uh, the idea also that. Um, you know, they, they're going to have to learn new teachers. The teachers are going to have to learn them. And it's only like five weeks left, six weeks left. Let's just, let's just, let's just see this through. Yeah. There's so many logistics and planning, especially yeah. when you're talking about creating a safe environment and one that's going to be worry-free for parents. I would take the summer, you know what I mean? Uh, work it out, have to have people in place. I think everybody will be safer and feel safer that way. So, uh, 
Yeah. Speaking of schools, though, we haven't talked since Hart High School had a, a, another hearing on its mascot. What happened? Uh, well, it's just a more discussion about the discussion, really. Um, I don't <laughs> think we've landed anywhere. I don't think we've gotten any closer. I, you, ha you have a lot of pressure on both sides, and you have the, the district in a, a tough spot. And they, I don't think they want to force it on everybody. And I think they want to make sure they get everybody's input um, before they make any actions. If I had, oh, gosh, honestly, I don't know where I'd place the bet right now as far as where they're going to change it. Yeah. If they're going to change it, I, I think they might. But um, there's been so much discussion on both sides. Let's find out from the 35 major league pitchers uh, who have graduated from Hart High School how they feel about it. I still, every, every, it feels like, honestly, every major league baseball game I watch, it's like, by the way, this one's from Hart High as well. Yeah, they have quite the tradition there. Um, and that's a, that's a big part of it, though, is is that tradition and that pride. Um, you know, obviously, we don't need to, to relitigate re that discussion here, but, you know, you, you have so many people who are so proud of the mascot and tied to it, and then you have a large group that's growing in their, uh, their voice upset about it or, 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 you know, concerned. So it'll be interesting to see the district is in a is in a bit of a spot there. We've had a couple of fires already in the last few weeks here in Santa Clarita. Fire season is part of your Sunday signal coverage. It is heating up in a lot of different ways, Aaron. Yeah. I mean, obviously, with the temperatures going up there, uh, it's been real dry. We had uh, we reported about half the rainfall that we traditionally have at this point in the year so far, um, with obviously a lot of that coming in January and not traditionally coming in January that didn't come this year. So I think uh, you're gonna have a pretty bad fire season. That's what everybody's been telling us. And and it's been starting earlier and earlier, as you know. So um, yeah, just prepare yourselves, get, get rid of your dry brush, uh, ready, set, go on the LA County Fire Department website. If you're unfamiliar with the plan, if you're new to the area, um, they have pretty detailed plans on how you can keep your uh, property safe. And uh, what about COVID? You're in the Sunday Signal, got a, a great piece on, we haven't really heard since probably last summer, the idea of this kind of long haul COVID. You've taken a look at that versus what we would maybe describe as normal COVID. Yeah, not another, uh, again, not a bad uh, incentive to go ahead and get that vaccine if you haven't already, Aaron, because you hear about some of the uh, some of these side effects. And like you said, it, you battle it for three weeks and it just, um, you know, does a number on your, your health and your savings account, probably, uh, you know, for most of your medical. Oh, right. Yes. And uh, then, like you said, for months, you need medication. There are, you know, you're having breathing problems, you're having sleeping problems because you're breathing problems. Um, so many issues that we talked about. Um, and, and really, there's not a lot that the doctors can do except treat the symptoms and try to make things a little bit easier for you. But once you catch this thing, it's, it's, it's pretty gnarly. And, and what it can do to you if your immune system is susceptible. This time last year, we didn't have as many streaming options as we do now. Everybody's home. We're just streaming everything we can. And now there's like what Paramount Plus and Discovery Plus and all these other things. Sunday Signal also taking a look at all the different streaming packages and ways to save. Always appreciate you plugging my story, Aaron. Thank you. You got it, man. Um, yeah, no, I wrote that one because uh, I was looking at some options and somebody had mentioned um, some stuff that's going on the BBC that we don't get. Um, you, you, you see a lot more of these foreign language selections or maybe you don't. I don't know if it's just my viewing that making Netflix pop these up for me. Right. But I'm, you know, my, I'm so well traveled now. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just give me new just give me new episodes of the Great British Baking Show and we're set. <laughs> there we we're go. Set. That's all I and need. And Antique Roadshow? No. Oh. Hey, that's, you know what, if there's not baseball on a Sunday afternoon and I want to take a nice nap, and that's not to say it's going to put me to sleep, but there's just something about an Antique Roadshow nap. 
<laughs> I hear you. Um, but no, yeah, there's so much out there. And it's it's not just about uh, finding what you like. Now, I think it's just kind of finding the best deal, too, because there are so many different avenues that you can to select content. So I looked at some of the ways that people can find content and um, also get content. Uh, there's this cool thing I found out about through the research for this called a stream locator. Um, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with VPNs and I don't want to get too techy, but basically all of these streaming providers have different ways of giving you the content based on where you're geolocated and they use your IPN for that. So the VPN master IPN, so you can tell your streaming service on Netflix, give me the UK feed, give me the Australia feed. So there's a couple different ways you can nice, do that. Nice. And, and stream locator was actually something, it's only like six or seven bucks a month and, and you, you pay 60 or 70 bucks for it. Uh, um, but you can, it works with smart TV devices and it lets you set it so that you don't have to be a, a super technologically savvy person. Like you, you kind of have to be with a VPN and you just tell your TV like, Hey, I'm in, you know, Russia, but give me that, you know, right. That kind of thing. right. And, uh, I thought that was kind of neat and I wasn't aware of that. So I do find it that. interesting that we, we spent so many years, decades, really complaining about cable companies, uh, charging as much as they would charge for all of what they had, you know? And so we said, oh, I'm gonna cut the cord, I'm gonna cut the cord, I'm just doing this, that, and the other. Now we're about paying what we were paying for cable, but it feels like it's more of our choice. It's- Well, it's, and that's, yeah, that's it right there. And you said it, it's about controlling and, and only paying for what I wanna watch. You yes. know? And don't, don't you tell me what I have to watch and make me, you know, TiVo some stuff I don't wanna see. Um, so it's kind of an interesting place. It's a great time to be a uh, viewer. <laughs> I do appreciate the TiVo throwback there. That was nice. That was nice. I just had to date myself. We're dating ourselves right here. We're like, TiVo, I totally have it. It's actually still in the garage right now. Well, I didn't go VHS tape collection of the Saturday Night Live episodes. I, I uh, try to keep it current. Perry, thanks, man. We'll talk soon. My pleasure, Aaron. Thank you. For more stories, head over to SignalSCV.com. Email me story or guest ideas at abender at SignalSCV.com and connect with me on social media at AaronBender.com. Thanks for listening. Be well.